You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. 1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. And there we are, Detroit City of Champions podcast. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison. And uh, yeah, we're here in the uh, palatial podcast Detroit studios. And uh, we're ready for uh, part two of the movie. Last time we were talking, we had Greg Russell on, which was was awesome. And we were talking about Playball, the movie. Yeah, it was a fun and, episode. It was a great episode. I love yeah, that one. It, yeah, it was really good. But we did, we barely scratched the surface of that. It was yeah, uh, yeah. We didn't even get to George Moriarty. Yeah. But before we even do that, I just uh, I just wanted to um, say a real quick uh, uh, happy birthday to my friend Kevin Bush. Right. Um, I think he's our biggest fan. Uh huh. And he's been a long like he. He's he has a, a history of being part of this project. Like since the very first oh. night that I discovered this story, um, it was uh, he was it was him and uh, my other friend Jeremy Hunter that uh, all, all three of us were messing around with an old Detroit media guide, Detroit Tiger media guide, and uh, and it was actually Bush's media guide that we were oh. messing around with right that well, we found the Kevin? F- fact. Yep, Kevin. Oh, uh, yep. And so he's been, you know, he's been like, he's my, one of my oldest, dearest friends. And, uh, like seriously, from the very beginning, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's been, uh, a role dog for this project. So, um, you know, happy birthday, Bush. And I can throw in a real quick story of what the, I, I was thinking about on the way over here. Yeah. It's kind of a cool story. Sure. Yeah. So we, so uh, we, uh, uh, we had, oh, a, a, so anyways, so it was, uh, I forgot, I think it was like, uh, three, four years ago. Yeah. We, um, so I've, I, I partnered with, um, a guy named Will McDowell at one point. We've been working together for Champions Day, which, uh, next April 18th, um, you know, maybe we can all do something with this show and this, cause we've been doing, uh, speeches at the Historical Museum for Champions Day and, uh, quite a few other things with him. But anyways, this particular Champions Day, we were, um, playing a game of softball on Old Tiger Stadium grounds. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it was like the, in Bush and I has have grown up. Um, we, you know, we used to work at a grocery store together, paper out together. Anyways, um, this particular day, he and I were walking out. We were like, this was the event was Champions Day. Was we were having a huge softball game on the grounds of, of Old Tiger Stadium, and so uh, it was just like the two of us growing up as diehard Tiger fans back in like the eighties, you know, the nineties, and that. Um, this was like you know field of dreams for us, you know, and so. Uh, anyways, Bush and I were walking out there on this day and Bush is like, he looks at me, he's like, he's like, I feel it today. Uh, like I'm in this, like, yeah. I feel it. Like this is going to be like the greatest game of my life type thing. <laughs> and he looks at me, he says, bet, he goes, bet me the first round of drinks that I, he goes, that I don't make an out today. Uh, I don't make an out during this game today. Meaning like he just, you know, he gets, a, hits, a, every, hit every at bat and such and such. So anyways, um, I'm like, deal, bet, you know? And so anyways, you know, to make a long story short, he didn't make an out that day. He did not make a single out. And he was actually a pitcher. He pitched too, like I think three or four innings. Yeah. And, I, and it was like, I think he gave up like two runs. And keep him like, this is a game of slow pitch softball. Okay. So usually there's like massive amounts of runs. And there was massive amounts of runs, but not when he was on the mound. Uh-huh. Like he was like literally uh, MVP of that game. And, um, and I bought the first, the first round of drinks that day. Uh, I like it. So, uh, well, yeah. So, happy birthday. And happy thanks birthday, for, boy. thanks for having that guide 
finding that page. Big, yeah, it was big. And yeah. and leading to the paper, which yeah. led to the book, which yeah. Yep. So yeah. led to the the. So yep. So the, so we want to thank everybody for tuning in, uh, not just Kevin, because uh, it's more than just Kevin. Oh, we, absolutely. We, yeah, we, we got found a group. Out. Yeah, we got a group. Uh, so quite a few people on there. There is is Kevin plus one. Yeah. Uh, so both of you, we appreciate you being here and, yeah. and listening, uh, giving a, a like and a comment and a subscribe wherever you're listening in, uh, helps us and it, 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 we appreciate, appreciate you spending time with us for sure. And we want to thank our sponsors. Yeah. They're coming. Oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> yep. I'm just- yeah. So yeah, that's great. Uh, we do. We got we got some sponsors lined up. Really, for, uh, the podcast Detroit Network uh, yeah. for next month. Yeah, um, and so no, saw, yeah, yeah and our sponsors as well. So we, no, that's we like fantastic, man. I'm, thank them. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. But today, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about. We talked about the movie last time, and there was so much more to talk about. Yeah, because there, George Moriarty. Uh, he's a tiger. He's an umpire, and he was the director of this film. Yeah, which just to me was just uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. I just thought yeah. that was so so cool. There was that one cool vintage shot of him, and he was there, and it was like over the dugout in the newspaper, and you could uh, you could see him uh, with the cameras and everything. He had a straw yeah, hat that's on. A, yeah, that was a very uh, rare photo. That in fact, the article that's attached to that photo yeah. is the one that first tipped me off to. To the you know to the fact that they were making a movie, right. it's like that was the actual article. So I was able to get that out of the. Uh, we were able to turn that that it, that was a newspaper article that we put on that. And, I mean, it was that was like literally off of a newspaper. Um, actually, it was off a microfilm from a newspaper. Oh wow! And yeah. so the like the like is is grainy and as rugged as that photo looks, which I think actually has a certain amount of charm to it. Yes. It's, got, it's kind of rugged, but um, is as much as like that it has that. It's like the, the like before <laughs> you should have seen it before. It was right. like. It was. It took me forever to clean that one up, and yeah. um, but uh, it, it came out good, and um, yeah, that was a key photo because it it just shows you know them actually filming a movie, and there's tigers on the you know on the field. With yeah, them. so that's uh, it was very cool. Uh, the oh, there movie it is right there you got it. Up. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Good. So the movie was very very cool. And uh, Matt, we because we talked about yeah last time we were talking. Yeah, there were a couple of clips that um you had talked about Charles that that you just loved um. I can't turn that off. Matt, can you click on that and turn that off? Turn the, oh, here. Click on the image and turn it off. Nope. And no, you got to go up to the thing. Uh, you got to go up to the image and click it oh, off. Oh, hold on. No, up a little bit more. Up a little more. Up a little more. Up a little <laughs> more. Up there a little more. There it is. There we go. <laughs> there it is. There you go. Um, all right. So I'm disconnecting. I'll reconnect. Don't just keep it on Charles. Don't worry about me. All right. So it's all about Charles today. It yes. is. It all is right. All about Charles today. So, but they, there were a couple of clips because you can still hear me, and that's the best part of it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's all about Jamie. You too. had you had mentioned uh, there were there were a couple of scenes. You're like, oh, this is the best scene from the movie. Oh, this was an awesome scene. I, there, from the I, movie. I, like every scene is my favorite, so you have to be more specific. And so there were two. Yeah. There were two, and there was one uh, where there was an interview. Uh, it was they were oh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about the reporters. Rogers Hornsby and Rogers Hornsby, yeah. and and just getting. Uh, uh, Yep. So he was. I love it because they're like, they're kind of staging like, this is what it's like for a player to talk to a newspaper reporter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like the guy's like, who's going to win today, Rogers? And he's like, I'll tell you. <laughs> that's it. And it's almost, uh, yeah. So, so Matt, that's, uh, I believe it's. Is that clip A? That is clip B if you'd roll that one for yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. The fans must know what the managers are thinking about. And it's the task of the sports reporter, not always an easy task either, to interview them. 
Here comes Rogers Horn to be confronted by a scribe in search of copy. Roger. Yes, Al. What can I do for you? I've got to have a piece for the noon edition. Now, you're starting a crucial series today. Who's going to take that first game? After 20 years in baseball, yes. experience has taught me yes. that the winning team in a baseball game is a team yes. that makes the most runs. <laughs> there it is. Yep, that's the, that's the line right there, my buddy CT. That's uh, yep. yeah, that that, that 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 one scene right there has a lot of meaning to me. Yeah, yeah, because he said that's the one that yep. uh, really motivated your friend and, yeah. and got you guys, got thinking, you about guys stats, thinking about the stats yep. the way you yep. do. And that's me again. Got it. Um, okay. So um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, because that's the core component of like you know the, the other project we do with uh, baseball analytics. It's a completely, uh, it's like, I don't want to go too far down in the road, but sure. it's a complete, um, it's basically like a, we call it Moneyball 2. It's a right. um, counter, uh, completely counter, uh, I guess you say counter revolution to the current Moneyball situation. And um, our entire focus on that project is is on this, the study of the production of runs. That's mm-hmm. everything that we do. Um, that's scoring runs, preventing runs. That's the name of the game, and that's everything that we focus on. And so right. the fact that that line, the fact that he says that, he's like, "Hey Rogers, who's going to win today?" And he's like, "That's team that no, no, exactly that was exactly which is the very core philosophy of what we do, of what CT and I did together as far as like a research yeah. partnership." But and, we wanted to talk uh, yeah, about I'm producing. Sorry, yeah, no, we yeah. wanted to talk about producing the movie and how George Moriarty was a big part of that yeah. with uh, being the director. But what do we need to know about George? Because uh, he was a, a Tiger player. Yeah. This and is, he was a Tiger yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah. And then he was everything. An umpire. Man. Yeah. And so what do we need to know about George? Uh, well, num- pre movie. Well, number one is that, um, like, just overall, George Moriarty is one of the most fascinating people in the history of baseball. I mean, he is one of the, and he, like, he was, like, he just did so much. It's crazy. And that's why I say, like, it's almost, it's almost tough to keep, to capture them all in one episode, like we're doing now. So, um, but at the same time, you know, we can bring, we, I'm sure we'll, re, you know, bring him up maybe on some other shows and some information mm-hmm. we didn't talk about today. But, but, uh, in general, like George Moriarty, they, they, he was throughout his entire life as yeah. a player, manager, umpire, excuse me, he, um, he had it's what's called Moriarty incidents. Okay. okay, Moriarty incidents, and I actually had a magazine that I was putting out for a short time, and um, I was at the, the there were so many of these Moriarty incidents that I was actually going to do a different Moriarty incident in every issue of this magazine. Oh, wow. okay. There's that many. It's like there's so many things. Most of them revolving some kind of fight. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was a brawler. That was one, and it's like I, one of the things I was reading is like he got in a big fight with Luke Gehrig, and that was why he got traded one time. Yeah, it's That's like the there's, rumor. There's, there's fights across the board. He was one of the early he – was, he was really – as a player, he was in one of the early 1900s Detroit mm-hmm. Tigers – uh, he played through. He played in the minor leagues. One of his earliest incidents uh, was in was in uh, 1905 when he was a minor league player for the Cubs, and he got into it with Ed Barrow, who was a uh, who was a manager for the um, for for an Indianapolis minor okay. league Indian, uh, club in Indianapolis. All right. And Ed Barrow was like my fa- he Ed Barrow was my favorite GM of all time. Right. He like he ended up becoming a GM and such, but he he was the GM of the Yankees in the 1920s and 30s. The guy that built the Yankees. Um, but anyways, he got in a fight with Ed Barrow and like knocked like. Knocked Ed Barrow out. Like Ed Barrow was a tough guy too. Ed Barrow was nobody to, not somebody to mess around with. Okay. Uh, so that was like his minor. You know, that was just one of the, the one of the incidents in the minor leagues. Uh, Nineteen oh nine. Um, he comes up with the Tigers and he gets in a in a fight with Ty Cobb. Like it, well, a near fight. They actually yeah. take that back. It wasn't a. It wasn't. He actually didn't fight Cobb. 
But what happened was is that he was about to fight him, and George Moriarty threw Cobb a bat and gave Cobb a bat and says, if you're going to fight me, you're going to need this bat. <laughs> like he said, like that's the type. And then Cobb was like, you know what? We're good. You know, we're good. Yeah. I love so like it. that's the type of guy. So, so like I can go, I can rattle off a few more. If I love you want. it. I yeah, mean, sure. Reading. Yeah, I love so, it. So uh, I just got them written down. It's like uh, 1910. He gets in a fight on a sun, during a Sunday ball game right. uh, with the Red Sox. It was in Detroit. In uh, 1910, like this is a time when this is a time when um, Sunday baseball was like kind of like a it was like really frowned upon and it was like they were kind of doing it illegally to a certain extent. Sunday baseball, Sunday baseball, yeah. yeah. Um, and so and so they were trying, you know, they were like, okay, whatever you do on Sunday, we're going to play on Sunday, but everybody like be good, like, don't you know, don't cause too much of a chaos or any type of crazy situation. George, you're not starting on Sunday, right? Yeah. So he slides. So at one point he slides into home plate, and, he, and, the, and the catcher of the Red Sox, his name is Bill Kerrigan, yeah. spits a wad of tobacco juice in, uh, in uh, George Moriarty's eye, like no. right in his face. No. And so you don't do that, yeah. So there's this huge fight that leads to a to almost a riot inside of this Bennett Park, um, which is Bennett Park at the time. And it, there, it's a, the riot spreads. The whole Detroit crowd is involved. They're trying to kill the Red Sox players. Bill Kerrigan's <laughs> able to get smuggled out, like <laughs> smuggled out by a groundskeeper somehow. And then uh, and then Frank Navin is actually up on the dugout pleading for order. He's like, yeah. this is Sunday. This is the day. We can't have a day like this. It's uh, crazy. This then, is God's day. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's the worst thing. And the Sunday baseball was what, Sunday baseball is what actually ended up really turning Detroit around and making them a, a, a solid money team. Because before that, they were like... They it was Sunday baseball that really ampled, you know, that really made Detroit a, yeah. a big money team. Anyways, um, and so there was this. There's a story. There's a story uh, after. There's a story after the incident because Moriarty got fined a hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so Moriarty's um, the the Moriarty gets called into Navin's office uh-huh. and and Navin says, George, we're going to pay your fine. Don't worry about that. Um, but never, but never do that again. <laughs> And but but and George is like I won't. And then he, as he's leaving, Navin says to him, "Yeah, no, I mean, don't ever let a guy spit in your eye like that. Uh. <laughs> like not like don't worry that the fight it was fine. Like don't, we don't care about the, that. It's the spit in the eye. So that's 1910. Um, and then uh, and then it, it, then it, it, so he, so he's a player from 19, uh, 1905. His first year with the Tigers 1909. His last year with the Tigers is 1915. Gets a couple of at bat with the White Sox in 1916, and then he becomes an um, an AL uh, American League umpire from 1917 to 1926. Right, and, uh, and then he comes back to the Tigers as, a, as the manager of the Tigers after he's a, after the uh, after Cobb leaves. So 1927 to 28, he's a Tiger manager. So something that I had read, it said uh, he he fell prey to the manager, the Tiger manager curse. Was uh, there a curse? Were they? Uh... Well, I don't know. I, I, they just had like such a bad run for a, a while. Well, they there, were they were they were they were rough before that before yeah. he got there. And I actually say that in the book. It's like um, the Tigers were terrible when like Cobb left and Cobb left as we've established in a previous episode. Where I made an apology for having the wrong year. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Cobb left uh, at the end of 1926, and he played two more years with the Philadelphia uh, A's. Yeah. But so the, so when Cobb left, it was the end of an era. Right. And then Moriarty was and this this was interesting is that um, in 1911 from 1911 to 1915 Moriarty was the Tigers field captain. So he was like so respected that he was like the Tigers captain. And so they like they brought Moriarty back from being an umpire to a manager in essence um, because it was like, you know, he's a fan favorite. Sure. And so it was like something to distract the, the, the fans from the fact that the players were, ter- the, you know, that the, the team was terrible on the field. Sure. Um, and they, uh, they also so said, it wasn't really his fault is what I'm getting to. It's as like as was, an umpire, 
Uh, he was fiery too. Oh, that's yeah. That's what I was going to keep going on the list of Moriarty incidents. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, so it, it didn't stop. So is it was, it was, it was so were there any as manager? There were. Uh, you know, I don't have any written down here as manager. I, I can't, yeah, but I can't you imagine. had some umpire ones, yeah, so he went yeah, back to being yeah, an umpire. Yeah. But he was voted um, the best umpire by the players at one point in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the night, yeah, thirty. It was a thirty-five season, I believe, that he was voted that. Yeah, yeah. He was he was by the players voted him the best yeah. the best umpire. Yeah. Um, but what? So, what are some of the Moriarty? Yeah, so messes. Yeah, Moriarty incidents. You got. Um, you, so you've got uh, in 1932, Moriarty fights four four Chicago White Sox players at the same time. Um, it's, and it and it's, and it ends up in a draw. Like he doesn't like beat them up or anything, but he it's it ends the fight ends in a draw where they all four like. And then there was like articles after that that said. I remember back in the day that Moriarty, you know, four guys, you know, that's nothing for him. He must be losing a step. You know? uh, like four guys, he would have ran the, you know, dragged them through the mud. For a few what do you years mean ago. it was a draw? Yeah, so it was four guys though. So must have had an off day. Yeah. yeah, and so in the 1935 World Series, he ejected three Cubs um, players during a single game. Or I'm sorry, not Cubs players, three Cubs managers, oh. including their head manager Charlie Grimm. And so, like he ejects. So, I mean, you got a you got an umpire that is a former Tiger, like you know, through and through. Right. And he's a man umpire in the World Series, and he ejects three Cubs managers. You know, le- leaving the team essentially leaderless for the entire you know for the rest of that game. Oh man. Yeah. So, um, and so that's what I mean. Like, t- and, and Tigers won that game too. It was game three. And so, um, so anyways, it's like so. It's so it's you can see like, and he ended up being a scout for the Tigers. Um, yeah. And, and then he was in. Yeah, so and then he did the movie. So that's I mean, like it's just there's so much to this guy. There's so much to sort of like unpack when it comes and to that, Moriarty. And that brings us that brings us back to to the movie. And you said that he was able to include um, like that that scene there, um, kind of showing. And he really built the whole. He just covered everything from the journalism of it to the, yeah. the foundations yep. of it. To, uh, and he was able to really capture uh, those 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 moments in, in the movie. And there was another really cool moment. And you said you know he even brought comedy and fun into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this great scene uh, about the mania of baseball um, with Babe Ruth as an example. Yeah. And then just the funny with Babe Ruth doing this little uh, game of catch uh, or demonstrating some yeah. some skills with a, a little guy. Matt, let's see that. Uh, oh, you got that clip? clip? We got that. Awesome. Clip. Man. That clip A, yeah. That. Yeah, I go. love that clip too. I love them all, but I love, you know, I love this one too. Here we go. <laughs> when the team is out of town, the fans discover where they're stopping. And then Babe Ruth finds himself surrounded by a solid wall of autograph seekers. It's the same in every city. And because the Babe is a colorful and genial soul, instead of complaining, he receives this adulation modestly in his role of baseball's greatest slugger. Here you see him on his way to the ballpark where thousands of admirers are waiting to watch him in action in a crucial series. Youngsters of the nation follow the Babe a mile to get his autograph or to shake the hand of the mightiest slugger of all time. The good-natured Bambino has a winning way with children, no matter how small they are. Now we see him warming up with a tiny four-year-old catcher. Babe is shaking him off on signals and says, No, 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 not that one. No, 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 let's cross him up. Oh, yes, that's it, the old change of pace. Uh, I love that. Is, that's yeah. such a great clip. Yeah, he's wise. You know, it's like creative. You know, wings what I mean? it. Like, yeah, guy. but because it, it shows Babe's interaction with kids, yeah. and you just you smile just seeing it. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, it's just a great. Um, yeah, it's a it, it, every like I mean, every scene is just it, it, the whole movie. It's a tremendous film. But and so back to this movie, and again trying to find some stuff, and I was like searching and googling. Um, 
looking for things about play ball and in the searches last last week's episode was coming up like in the first 10 12 yeah. things i'm like okay if what we just did last week is coming up that's it that's all there is and then so i found a, a podcast called play ball uh at the movies and they they're breaking down every baseball movie and and this isn't on their list no, that's what i'm saying this, nobody knows about it this man. isn't on their yeah. list there's a there was an article in the smithsonian um about baseball movies, uh, baseball on the screen. Yeah, this is nothing. That's what I'm trying the to say. The Smithsonian. Yeah, there's that's what I'm trying to tell you. There's and then nothing, the DIA. Here. You yeah. figure the Detroit Institute of Arts. Yeah. They have a they have a, a, a display called Play Ball. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the exhibit is called Play Ball. Yeah, and it, it takes uh, transforming the game 1876 to 2019, uh, and they don't have. They don't have it. I told you. That's what I'm trying to say, man. There's nothing out there. There's nothing on the city of champion season. There's nothing on the movie. It's like it never so, existed. And That's then so here's crazy. one more thing. One more thing about this movie uh, and George Moriarty. Um, there's a, an article. I found an article on George, and it's like uh, Detroit Tigers history. George Moriarty. Baseball Renaissance man, yeah. right? And so, because he did a lot of stuff, and he, there were some interesting things, other interesting things that he did. Uh, n- you know, so this article, it's on uh, the uh, call to the pen dot uh, com fan sided, and uh, David Hill wrote this like three years ago. And uh, you know, the, the Tigers needed to find someone to replace legend Ty Cobb as team manager. Um, on this day in 1926, they hired former infielder George Moriarty, adding uh, another chapter to an interesting baseball career. So during 1910s and the 20s, he was one of the better known figures in baseball, uh, third baseman for the Tigers, team captain for five years, uh, gaining notoriety and respect for his ability to steal home exactly. and refusal to back down to anyone. Um, and it goes on about his uh, baseball career and his standings through the American League. Um, so, and then more about his career and umpiring. Uh, it was a umpire. He cemented his legend during a game in 1932. After some disagreements about a strike zone, Moriarty fought with four members of the team at the same time. Yeah, that's <laughs> the White Sox, that. yeah. Um, so he was fined, uh, 200 bucks for that. Um, for kicking the people out of, kicking people out of the, the 35 World Series. He was fined 200 bucks yeah. for kicking those three managers out. Um, so, uh, even with those actions, Moriarty's was considered to be an excellent arbiter, uh, on the field. Uh, in that same year, 1935, he was voted by the players the best umpire in the American League. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was tough, but he was fair in most players' eyes, and that's what mattered most. But he was a true Renaissance man. Moriarty was more than an umpire. He also wrote a national baseball column. So he was a, he was a writer as well. He, he wrote about his observations on the game and remembrances about players who have passed. Um, so and he wrote poems. He's a poet too, yeah. And so so he had a, a column, and some of it was writing about pair, players that have passed away, and sometimes he would write poems about them. You can no, find them online too. There's no more, mention of the movie. No mention. No. You can find his poems. Nothing. No. So I'm trying to say, <laughs> but you know, it's funny that because being a Renaissance man, it's like, yeah, and and he helped direct exactly, the movie. Yeah. It's like. That's kind of a thing That's that a you, big deal. you would have in his bio. First Major League Baseball movie with sound. <laughs> you would think it's a big deal. But I'm not, so. but I'm not castigating this art, this author because he don't, he doesn't know. No, no. That's it's what just, saying. It's like nobody knows. It's, it's, and Jamie, that's what I'm saying. Matt, so Jamie, welcome to my world, man. <laughs> because this is the world that I've inhabited for the last ten years. The Smithsonian. Where you're trying to, t- you know, like this is the si- yeah. this is the situation is is we've got this incredible story. It's filled with incredible like 
elements which could yeah. be like literally stories or movies unto their own self. Right. You could do a movie on George Moriarty. You could do an entire production about how play ball was made. I mean, you could do an entire thing. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's fascinating story concepts within the, the entire story. Yeah. There's so much to it. He that's why seems so incredibly polarizing that you would want to wrap your arms around him as an individual yeah. and then what he brought to baseball yeah. at the same time. But that's what I'm saying. is like there's a disconnect between what happened in 1935 and now. There's a disconnect. Yeah. There's a missing component. And that's what I'm saying. Like one of the things that is kind of led to, like we were talking about this at the, I believe at the outset of the last show, and especially in the earlier episodes of this, is this idea that you know it that the only way that anybody can truly really understand this story is to is to basically come to the realization that you don't know about it like you have to begin with like a fresh slate you have to say like yeah. this is a big deal and i want to learn about it like i want to hear like i want to know what actually happened because a lot of times people just kind of they throw up Rick Wall like I'm a diehard fan. I go to every game. I've read every book. And if I if it and if and if I don't know about it, it wasn't a big deal. Right. Like, that's like kind of like the attitude that I face a lot of times. And it's like it gets dismissed because, oh well, if it's if I don't know about it, it probably wasn't that big of a deal. And you're like, no, you're wrong. It's a major deal, and nobody's ever heard about it. And that's why we're trying to you know that's why they're for the effort to bring this thing back. Well, and it's funny because you know things that are showing up that is so like Edison did uh. A, a one minute short called Casey at the Bat in 1899. Yeah. And so that's on IMDb, that, that movie. It's like, yeah, what, there's, what the heck? Yeah, you know, there's and all then, kinds of ram stuff. There's another one that's know, called like Joe, I think it's called like Joe Brown or something. It was yeah. like a 1934 yeah. uh, movie. It was about a player. Um, it was kind of like a, kind of like a, the, like the natural yeah. type of a situation, type of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, a movie about baseball, yeah. but it wasn't like an official major league baseball production. Like that's what this is all about. This has got every original major league star of that era in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, I mean. and you know, you figured, oh, well, maybe it was too short to really be considered or, not really movie enough, no. you know, and it's like, okay, this was one minute, yeah. a one a one minute reel, and it's incredible. It, it, it's showing up for me, yeah. And this, it's I'm just astounded. It's That's just, what I mean. It's, and there's and there was actually two versions. There was a 32 minute version, which is the one we have, and there was the 55 minute yeah. version, which is the one I'm dreaming of seeing because the 55 minute version, the main thing that it doesn't have, the one thing I really want to see, yeah. is there's actually a um, George Moriarty himself introducing the movie and talking about it and like talking about that's what i'm saying like that's a piece of information that we don't have yeah and so like i don't know i don't know what he said i've looked at you know i've looked you know especially like in the articles themselves i'm trying to see they just kind of give a general idea what he was talking about but Hmm. um he gives like a you know he talks about he introduces his own movie and talks about it um i don't know if it's at the beginning or at the end or in the middle i don't know and there's but you know but there's but they cut out a chunk of it so that this was like a, a quicker thing that they could present maybe at the end of a film, like kind of like a Three Stooges short. Right. You know, they could package this up with a longer movie or something. Yeah. Um, but this is the version that we have. And that's what I mean. Yeah. Like if there was more people that were like motivated, like if like if Major League Baseball was motivated, if Fisher Body Company was motivated, you know, if like some, like some of these big Detroit institutions were motivated, maybe we could find that 55 minute, you know what I mean? Put out a call to our, you know, a call for people to look for it or something, you know? God, you'd figure, you know, maybe somebody – you know, in like Navin's downline, you know, or yeah. Briggs downline. Well, a lot of times um, people I've met, I've met a lot know. of these family members, and a lot of time, you know, they're very proud of their family yeah. history, but they're not really, you know, they don't really, they're not really like plugged in with like sure. the original with the Tigers or anything anymore. They're just, yeah. they're, you know, they're sort of, you know, they're fans. They're, they're kind of like, you know, they're, they're regular people, really. Yeah. You know, they're, I've met quite a few of them, and I went to an estate sale at the Briggs Mansion. 
They, oh, uh, did you really? Yeah, think? yeah. So it was probably God. It's probably six, seven years ago now. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool because uh, the fireplace mantle there was there was this uh, carved into into the wood uh, of the the fireplace mantle. There were little faces, uh, okay. just about this big, and and one was Luke Gehrig. Um, really, they had the baseball designs in there. Just their faces. Oh, it was okay. like this little. I got to dig up the pictures huh. for you. They're really cool. Uh, Garrick, Babe Ruth, and then there were two other tigers. Um, I don't want to misspeak. Yeah. But uh, oh, it's so cool. If I showed you them, you'd go, "Oh, that's that person." Yeah, that's that. Yeah. You would know yeah. straight away. I'm not the. But I'm, I, I just love estate sales, and I love the old Detroit. I remember uh, that house was up for sale or something. Like it was probably five years ago, wasn't it? Something yeah, five like six that? years ago. Yeah, because yeah. it was like the whole house was up for sale. From yeah. What I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they they went they, they were emptying it out. They had they had donated it to some nuns. Okay. And then uh, they they were done with it, and so they were, they were selling it. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. There was just a brilliant, brilliant house. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was looking for something to buy. One of the famous houses in Detroit um, is the Gar Wood House. Yeah. The Gar Wood House. There was like, you know, Gar Wood had a, um, it was a, he had a mansion in which like he, uh, like there was a, basically he could drive the speedboat, his speedboat's right out of the house. Like oh, nice. Like a, almost like, I mean, it was a garage on the river. Like yeah. You could drive it right yeah. out towards the races. I think Kid Rock had one of them too. Yeah. They all really, <laughs> yeah, right out to the races. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, it's like a legendary house because after he like passed and after like the family, I don't know exactly if they sold it or what, but it became, it, but it's got this crazy history. Yeah. Like it became like at one point it was taken over by like, um, uh, what is it? Like Hell's Angel. Like at one point it was like a Harry Krishna house. Okay. And then it became like Hell's Angels. And then it was like this party spot. Like when I was on the road selling books, yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, I must have talked to at least, I would say, I would say conservatively estimate, 200 people. I partied Conserv- in Garwood's house. At first I was going to say 1,000 people, but cons- but it, I want to do a conservative estimate. I've talked to at least 200 people yeah. that have partied in the old Garwood house. <laughs> they're, they're always like, man, I used to, man, we I remember back in like the 60s, dude, we used to all go to the Garwood house and drink and party and all this. Like, Wait, were they like was, trespassing or were they partying with somebody who lived it was, there? Yeah, it was like they were – no, it was like – it was kind of like they were squatting there. Okay. I mean, it's like the 60s. You yeah, know? Like yeah, everybody yeah, was, yeah. You know, it was like peace, you know, wow. like free love or something like this. Uh. But anyways, that house was just like a party spot. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, it was just cycled through like every weekend or whatever. There was just people like always there, I guess. And eventually the house burned down. Somebody oh. accidentally lit something on ah. fire and the house burned down. But I'm just saying like somebody out there that's listening to this story right now, yeah. I, if like leave a comment if you – partied at the gar Woodhouse, and i guarantee yeah. you right there that's the hook right there yeah like we say hey leave a comment i guarantee watchers be like 20 or 30 comments or whatever yeah. now, at oh least at the, Tell between now and people listen to it in the future like yeah. i'm telling you there's gonna be people that there's somebody out there like you know throw your throw your throw your friend a bone here man put a comment out there talk about you were at the gar Woodhouse if you were there because heck yeah and then because, we'll have you on when we talk about yeah. Garwood. <laughs> yeah that's what i mean that's, i'm just trying to say that there's that many people like i've talked to that many people on yeah. the way that's you know famous houses or whatever all right, so we got the movie, and and it's it it exists. Darn it, Smithsonian, yeah, DIA. Well, we got of, it. Yeah, Dang but it. you know, um, it, it opens the opportunity for us to do something really cool, yes. like a grand reopening to yeah. bring the movie back, to screening to bring it out to the public. Yeah, you know, maybe working with like I say, like somebody from the you know auto companies or whatever, like Fisher, you know, old you know GM or whatever. Do you have anything more about um, him and, and the creation of the movie while he was making the movie? <laughs> nothing. That's not nothing specific about him actually making it. Yeah. Nothing really. Um, specific about it. and and one of the things i would love to know is how is really the connection with how because it supposedly like from what i've, I've gleaned and it's this all in the second book in the second yeah. book i have a ton of inf- basically i threw through everything i had in the second book about it i mean every article i had yeah 
Um, but the idea was there was a uh, there was actually a Detroit uh, motion picture company. There was actually okay. a company that made motion pictures, mm-hmm. and somehow they connected with um, they connected with Major League Baseball, and they you know what I mean to make this movie. And right. George Moriarty factored into it, yeah. and that's what that's that's what I'm saying. Like I would love to know like how it happened, like why you know why George Moriarty. I mean, obviously he's a talented. He was a poet. He was all these different yeah. things. But why him specifically that got tabbed? I'm to curious make this. who I'm curious who's, who it was. I'll have to dig back into the credits and see if it shows up in there. The production for, house. Yeah. That. Well, from what I from what the article said in the second book that I have, it was actually the Detroit Motion Picture Company. That Detroit was, Motion Picture Company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, but I'm just curious to see like the 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 the, the one thing I, I would think my guess would be of why yeah. he was tabbed is because he was an umpire and because he basically knew everybody in baseball. Right. You know, like they could bring the camera with them. The camera could basically follow. Follow him as he umpired. Yeah, you know he could get some shots of you know different players. He knew where to go. Yeah, he could say, "Hey, Connie Mack, do me a favor, pose next to here." You know this, what I mean? And do this like this. Exactly. And, that's, yeah, that's, he knew he knew every aspect. Exactly. Of it. And maybe it was just like an itch that he wanted to scratch. You know, yeah. maybe it was just like he maybe it was his completely like completely his idea and was like, "Hey, Major League Baseball, let's do something cool." Because there's a space downtown, and see this being the 30s, it's, I don't think it goes back that far. But there's this place called the Jam Handy, uh, and it's right on the boulevard, right. Uh, it's a quarter mile from the Fisher Building, uh, and Fisher Body was the the main sponsor of this, okay. uh, of the movie. So, it, I, but this is I, I don't think Jam Handy goes that far back. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and it was a production house for it was a you know uh, for for commercials for for the automotive. Okay, uh, and that's what they did. Yeah, uh, it's they do weddings and stuff in there now. Yeah, it's like all gutted. Yeah. Uh, and it's like just this really cool raw. Space and uh, we've did. Matt. Have you DJed a wedding at the Jam Handy? Uh, it's been a hot second, but yes. It's oh, been, you did. Yeah, it's been a long time though. Oh, okay, I've yeah. heard about it, but I'm not. I'm not sure too much. About it's it. cool. It's a cool spot. Yeah, it's a. It's huh. a. Yeah, but so it's like an old would, place. Like it's been. Yeah, like, it's that? it's the one right on the boulevard, and it's that. It's got. It's that white. Uh, it's got the white uh, uh, ceramic exterior. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quarter mile east of the Fisher Building. All right. Yeah, that might be you in your email, Matt. No, that's not that. Is that me? Yeah, yeah someone's you. screwing around. Let's go. I got my uh, yeah. be professional. Right. <laughs> I turned it down. <laughs> it's supposed to be a professional operation here. Hey, hey, turn your phones off. Amateurs. <laughs> what was that? Was Jamie's that, that guy in the movie theater where the phones ring and he's like, "Oh, hold on a second, I'm in a movie. I'm checking the, ba- the babysitter's <laughs> hey, checking no, on he me." He actually answers the phones like, "Yeah, what is it? I'm in a movie." You know, it's like <laughs> Jamie's that guy. Oh my god, we were at a premiere. <laughs> uh, god, it was called the big big fish. Uh, it was this crazy arty kind of movie. I've seen it. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah but, it's uh, arty. You and McGregor. Yeah. yeah, and it's like so we're at the press screening for it, right? And there's like you know, so you get like a lot of media people, but then you'll get you know just people that one pass, one people that one get free movie passes. <laughs> however, they get <laughs> yeah. movie passes. Show up. Oh my god! And then they're like, so she's there and her phone rings. Hello? Yeah. No, I'm in the movie. No, I know. I hate it's, that's what I'm saying. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, a really big fish or something. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's, I, I, but I don't understand the hey, lady. Shut and up. she's just like she's yeah. bagging on the movie, but really loud. Oh my god. Hey, lady, oh. shut your phone off. I know that's like the, that was always going to be the worst part about cell phones is that there's always going to be that one jerk that has a phone go off. Like, oh, sorry, everybody, <laughs> sorry, I my phone on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow, geez. that that finger pointing got really obnoxious, didn't it? <laughs> that? Oh yeah. Who's yeah. it? Who is it? That, yeah. that was you. No, that was you. Yeah. That's a really, really that's just big like big fish. That's just like baseball. No, yeah. you did it. Yeah, yeah, they all blame yeah, blame. <laughs> so George Moriarty um kind of kind of lost, right? 
I mean, yeah, he was an amazing yeah. umpire. He, yeah. He held almost every position you can imagine in baseball. Yeah. And he's not really well known in Detroit. Not at all. Why, why That's not? That's what I mean. Well, um, I, I, why do you Again, think? the same concept with the City of Champions story. Like, the, 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 you know, that comes back around. Why is the entire story forgotten? Why is the movie forgotten? All these different things. It's like we're, you know, kind of saying here, there's this huge disconnect. I mean, there was th- in an earlier episode, I think it was episode two. Yeah. We were, spe- you know, it's been speculating on like why the season was forgotten and all this. But in general, there's this disconnect. Mm-hmm. There's this disconnect between. Like everything that happened before World War II and everything that happened after World War II, because yeah. everything when they because whenever you talk about sports, whenever anybody mentions the nineteen you know the nineteen thirties, they they call it pre war, right. pre war sports, and right. then it's and then it's post war sports. There's this, there's I mean at the very least in the in the you know this the the uh, the linguistics of it, you know just the description of the to, it's of sports. There's pre war and post war, mm-hmm. and then pre war is lumped into. You know, into that concept, but the but the problem with the strange thing about that is, is that pre-war would sort of include the early 1900s with Ty Cobb and all that too, but it doesn't. That's like you know, oh, you know, the early 1900s. There's like this almost like mythological time. It's like right. this amazing time. Christy Mathewson and Walter Johnson and you know uh, Honus Wagner and all these guys. And then so that era is like you know I don't want to say it's more you know it's a very you know very well known, but it's a legendary era and like you know everybody like microanalyzes it. But the nineteen thirties that was the depression, man. It was a depressing time. What yeah. else do you need to know? That's this that's the and that's what's crazy is that when you're reading like that whole time when I've been like doing these studies on this you just see like there's some of the most incredible stories from the 1930s because this is an era that people had their backs against the wall. Everybody's nobody has any money. Everybody's broke. Everybody's looking for work, you know. And it's and there's no money going around. And so everything, um, you know, everything. It's like people are people actually like the best stories are yeah. when people have their backs against the wall. I mean, that's the, so you would think that that would be the first place people would go to look yeah. for stories, but instead they're like. Oh, that was the depression. That was like a, you know, it's almost like it's almost like this era that is shrouded in, you know, in in, in fog. It yeah. really is. I mean, you got you like you know you, some of the I mean, some of the greatest sports movies have been emerging from it. Sea Biscuit, Sea Biscuit is right from the same time. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The mil, uh, the uh, the Cinderella Man with yeah. Russell Crowe in that that yeah. is from ex- literally 1935. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, I'm saying like that actually happens during the City of Champions season is that Cinderella man. But you've got, like I say, there's all there, there's stories from this era that um, are starting to sort of pop out of it. But this is the granddaddy. This is the big boy. This is the City of Champions season. This uh-huh. is the, the I mean, this is the greatest sports story. I mean, to, to, you could ever have. I mean, so in your research, you you were you were able to to connect with this guy who had the print. Um, are you still in contact with him? Not really. Um, okay. Did you see the because you said he had it ripped to a DVD already? Yeah. Uh, did you see the actual film, or did you ever get see the cans and the actual film? No, itself? I did not see that. Oh, but I would okay. love to acquire it if I ever had enough money. I was I would, that was always something on my list was like to make him. An did, he, did, he, uh, did he? Did he? Did he? Did he say? Oh, so you love the original too, or was he? He didn't really. I mean, to him, he had like a massive collection of like of old movies and films. Oh, okay. And so this, I mean, like. I don't know. He he wasn't. It wasn't really. He's not really like a big um, like marketing guy. You so know? he sold I, the rights. He like he told me when I talked to him that he's done he's done stuff with like ESPN 
in like all these different like vintage, you know, like yeah. he's people he like he's been involved with all the making of a lot of original. He so made how did you Ken get Burns. his attention again, or how did you, he get your attention again? I just you know I mean like originally like I saw I actually saw like he actually had the video for sale like okay. he had for sale, but it was really you know it's like you almost have to be kind of looking for it to find it right. And so I found it, and then I was like, man, I, this thing needs to be like amplified to a whole nother degree. Yeah, you know, and so, and so now it's I, packaged with volume with, yeah, one with the books. of the and, players. And so I'm saying, like, so I want, but I didn't want to just like you know I'm not I'm I like to think. I'm like a decent person. I'm just going to like take somebody's stuff. Oh, you know? yeah, no. So, so anyway, so I reached out to him and I said, you know, I'd like to sell this. I, I would like to sell this. And he was like, well, you know, it's part of my things that I sell. And I was like, well, you know, I'll pay you. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, I'm like, I go, are you going to sell $10,000 worth of movies? You know what I mean? And he was yeah. like, no, like that's not, not even, you know, so, so anyways. Um, that that so, gave you the right to, yeah, to that, do that. Yeah. At least he gave me the right. So, it, so cool. he sold me the rights to include it. You know, it had to be, it had to be. Um, the, the the main right was that I could use the movie as long as it was in conjunction with the with the second book. So here's what I there. want. Here's what I want. I want somebody to find that 50 minute version uh, yeah, and tell me, me about it. Don't tell Charles. <laughs> that way I can sell the longer version yeah. and put your backside you would, out of business. Yeah, you would no. do it. You would. You no. would I would. I would pay. For, I mean, like. No. What I, I, really have what I would like I, to do, somebody tell me about it, and then I can get it, and then I can give it to Charles as a Christmas Oh, present. man, that would be my the greatest that Christmas be, gift ever. That dude. would be... Yeah, that's, that would that's be... That's oh, what I would like. Jamie, one of the most excited. generous that's, that's people you'll ever meet. Yeah. That's what I, that's At the what very I, least, I just want to watch it, even if... It, like, <laughs> I, I don't really care about... Like, and I don't, like, same thing with the movie. Like, it's not like I really wanted to... It's, you know, with these books and all this, like, it's not like I got into the business of it to, like, make a billion dollars off them or anything. It was like, you know, I'm, it's, I just, I just love this stuff and I, I just, want everybody I hope else we can uncover that too. one, another hidden piece that we know is missing. And yeah. I'm curious what, what, what well, else we might stumble is, across. The, well, the first thing is, is to, uh, is to understand, you know, that we're, that, that there's something we're looking for. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how it always starts is like, yep. we're looking for this. And then you put it out there and then, you know I mean? Now then people, maybe somebody's like, yo, I got these original movies. We got a Detroit are, history historian. We got, uh, uh, we got, we got somebody who is a, a baseball historian or buff and you know about that 50 minute version. You let us know. Yeah. Please. It might be just on some, like, it might just be on some original reason. I mean, you know, maybe yeah. somebody works at a movie, an old movie house that's got some old stuff back, you know, in the back. And, it, you know, it might be on there's, – there's also some – a lot of times from the 30s, you find some, uh, some, some film that's printed on, like, weird film that's got, like, a um, – Oh, what's it called? But it's like super flammables. But yeah. there's but there are oh, people yeah, out yeah, there yeah. that can convert that stuff right. that into you know DVD, of course. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, just have a look. If you have some old weird movie uh, cans sitting around, look and just see what the name on it is. Says play ball, man. Let, let, us, let us know. Yeah, let us know. All right. So, uh, Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. We will continue walking through all of these stories. DetroitCityofChampions.com. That's uh, where to find us, right? Yeah, Detroit City of Champions. Yep, that's my website, DetroitCityofChampions.com. And then uh, Facebook page. And then you can yep. follow us there, and uh, the videos are up on YouTube if you want to see our mugs. And we got a cool link tree yeah. thing that Jamie put together. Jamie, was it you or Matt that put uh, yeah. it together? That was Jamie. Jamie, yeah. We'll put the link on our com- in the yeah. comments. Because, so you get to listen wherever you're going well, to listen. Yeah, that's the cool thing about it is that it, it shows, like, I mean, it's on, we're on YouTube, we're on uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, all the po- on the iTunes, everything, literally all everything. Good, so all the good ones. The cool thing is you just click on whatever. I never even heard of this link tree before, yeah, but yeah. it's awesome. You can just, it's got every, you know, all the links right there you yep. can click on whatever you listen to so, mm-hmm. so well thank you for listening so go ahead subscribe subscribing is free and relatively painless and, relatively, <laughs> and again yeah. thanks for listening it's the detroit city of champions podcast thanks guys